Hi, and welcome to Journeys to Belonging podcast with host Dr. Eileen Winokur, featuring awesome educators and leaders who share their journeys, advice, and personal stories about feeling a sense of belonging. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Journeys to Belonging. On today's episode, I have a guest with me who is, um, well, we have a meeting of the minds, I would say. We have a lot in common. And I've been following Naomi Tolan since last year uh, when I connected with her on social media. And like I said, just found so many connections with her. We've been keeping in touch ever since. Then she started the Empathetic Educators Chat on Twitter. So I tried to make that as much as I can. And the rest is history. So welcome, Naomi. I'm so excited that you made time for me because I know how busy you are. Thank you, Eileen. Yeah, it's been, a, it's been a journey this year for both of us and um, being part of each other's journeys and seeing that. So I'm really, really grateful for you asking me to come your, on your show. Thank you. <laughs> oh, absolutely. You're all doing all the great things in the community with teachers and students and everybody should know about what you're up to and, and how they can get involved with all the things that you're doing. So I didn't really say anything at all about where you are, what you're doing, um, where you're from. So go ahead and tell our listeners. Thank you. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I'm originally from Derry in Ireland, um, but I haven't lived at home for the past 10 years. It's actually my 10th year away from home, which is quite scary how quick everything goes. But um, yeah, so I've worked and I, did my teaching degree in Northumbria in Newcastle Mm -hmm. and then I moved down to London I taught in Hackney for three years um and that was yeah that was a crazy place to do your first year of teaching but a lot of learning a lot of um a lot of growth in those first three years and then myself my partner we went traveling for three months around South America Mm -hmm. and that was just yeah some gorgeous experiences in that space just travel's a big big part of like my kind of yeah my growing up and me doing what I'm doing Mm -hmm. um and then that brought us over to New Zealand um we taught for just just shy of three years in New Zealand and Auckland then and that like going from London where it was a certain way in the curriculum and the way that we taught and then moving over to New Zealand and experiencing that it was just yeah so great to be able to experience two different types of systems Mm -hmm. and then just when COVID hit myself and my partner had already decided to take the leap and move over to Japan um last year so we moved to Japan in August of last year well I moved and because of COVID we didn't know when Rob was going to be moving so I moved by myself to a country I didn't know anyone didn't oh know my goodness yeah language. a new language yeah <laughs> <laughs> and during COVID as well so we didn't know what was happening in the world wow. so it was a big big challenge but um but yeah so it's been it's been a crazy 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 um past 10 years but really really great learning from that all those experiences too yeah awesome and what do you what do you do do you, are, are you teaching are you in what level and um yeah so I've trained my my training was early primary um so early years and I taught in year one and two for my first three years then I wanted to kind of challenge myself to go up because I wanted to see what the learning journey was like in mm-hmm. across the school so I I wanted to go up to school so I was teaching and actually in an innovative learning environment so like where it's um you've got 80 80 learners in a big big space and there's three teachers who teach in that space and I was teaching in year four five and six so we had multi-age 
and um yeah that was a big big learning curve for me and I think that's what I'm that's what one of my passions is in education is seeing what does that place bring to the kids experience what does another place bring to the kids oh, experience? oh interesting in my teaching in, in London it was in like a single cell and it was very um it was London and England we know their curriculum are very uh, prescribed mm-hmm. and that was very different to what I was experiencing in um in New Zealand and then mm-hmm. I'm currently well I've just finished the year I'm teaching year three in uh an international school so the IB mm-hmm. curriculum we've been teaching um okay. here as well so yeah I've had different pockets and different experiences wow. and different types of things so yeah it's quite cool yeah you're quite the adventurer it's, it's great <laughs> yeah everybody should have that opportunity I think if, if they want it of course not mm. everybody lo- wants to travel so the first question I always ask my guests uh Naomi is if I say the word belonging or feeling a sense of belonging what's the first thing that comes to mind I think connection. I think for me, um, in my first year of teaching, I I tell us the kind of story a lot. That's where empathetic educators came from. That's where my passions come from because my first year of teaching for me, um, I kind of isolated myself because I kind of was like looking at people and they, for a person who loves connection, I kind of thought I'm not dealing with this okay. I'm not doing things right in my first year of teaching. I'm not I'm not like I just felt I really really had a downward spiral in my first year and it kind of made me realize the importance of belonging and connection because I was pulling myself away and actually that was making me more isolated and more like more alone but I realized then that the power of actually reaching out to people and connecting to people and just letting people know where you're at and what you're feeling and I think that transfers then into the learners as well because a lot of the learners who I was working with, it was like an inner city London school where mm-hmm. there was a lot of um, a lot of different backgrounds and a lot of different things going on for the learners. And some of the things that yeah. they experienced, I wouldn't wish on my worst enemy, never mind oh. like anything of those learners. So I think for me, belonging in that space, trying to allow those learners to feel that connection, feel that mm-hmm. that space that they could come to and be safe and, and be heard and be valued. And I think all those aspects as adults or as children, they always feed into that belonging piece because you feel like you're right. you're okay to be here and it's safe and it's, mm-hmm. yeah, it's good. So yeah, so I think that's, that's where we're, I think that's like you say, we're very, that what we're working on, that's, that's where we connected was that mm-hmm. belonging piece and that empathy and yes. and they all very much tie together, which is what, why I'm advocating for empathy because it very much ties to that belonging space. So Right. Yeah. Did you find, that's really interesting. Did you find that, as you found your sense of belonging, you were able to relate that in your classroom? Was it sort of simultaneous? Did one come first and the other came after or? I think it, it taught me the importance of it in the classroom. So mm. so me in, the, in a system or in a space or in like an mm-hmm. environment, I think for me feeling that myself and really understanding it and going through it, it made me then right. realize, okay, how am I making my learners not feel that way? How am I making right. sure that my colleagues aren't feeling that way? How am I making sure I'm creating spaces no matter who I'm working with sure. inside school or outside school? that it, it really because I'm I am an empath I think I never heard of the word empath until until I came across like this first year teaching and people were saying like you really feel the feels of people and mm-hmm. I was talking to George Kuros about this and I was saying like empathy but not at the expense of yourself so I was feeling their feelings I was going through what they were going through mm-hmm. and it was just wearing everything on my on my like wear my heart in my sleeve basically right. and that wasn't that wasn't helping me because I was yes I was feeling their feelings but I wasn't actually 
supporting them as, as much as I could if I was kind of mm. like attached to myself and making sure that they were okay but also I was okay right and so yeah it just it just like you said like that really did make me understand the importance of bringing that into my classroom but also bringing yeah. it into myself and and finding that space yeah mm. yeah that's that's it's sort of like that secondary trauma that they talk mm. about where you're you're sort of pack it on because we're the caring service mm. people right um mm. and but then we forget about ourselves which isn't very good so yeah yeah and I think it goes so back to like how, how are we setting up systems that's why I'm so passionate about like the adult learning and how we, mm -hmm. how we create spaces for the adults who are then going and like we've, we've seen this year how much we've had to adapt and change and and so sure. much of that we're helping learners navigate an unknown world and we're helping parents and there's we're supporting them and all those right. different fields but who's supporting the teachers and I think that's what I'm really passionate about is how are we creating spaces and, and as leadership making sure teachers are feeling supported right. and and aware and 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 just moving forward in that in that space is really important too yeah right yeah and just thinking about each other you know where are mm. where are we at and checking in with each other I think is really mm. important sometimes we mm. get so focused on the students in our classroom it's very difficult for us to sort of pull ourselves out and see everything else around us. So yeah, um, you've had quite a journey. You talked a little bit about it uh, at the beginning about where you've been and places you've been to, but I'd love for you to share with our listeners how you started teaching internationally um, and you know, sort of what you've learned along the way and what moved you from place to place maybe, because I think that's a really, really interesting journey. I think that's it, it yeah it's been it's a really exciting journey it's a really scary journey it's a really like all those different mm. feelings in between and I think that's what people some might I think some people look at it and say oh I could never do that or like, like we said before some people just don't want to move away and that they're they're like happy where they sure. are but some people actually don't want to because they're scared to take that first step and I think whenever me and my partner were in my our first year second year of teaching I, I was kind of always wanting to go and travel I was like this is what I want to do and I think I want to go and experience things and I want to go and share it and I think that's what along my journey along the way has taught me is like every step is a bit scary like so me and my partner moving back to New Zealand and even though we've already been there now we're packing up our houses now we're getting rid of all of our things now we're mm -hmm. we're closing the door on on this chapter and and it is a bit I'm getting those feelings of like nervousness and excitement and mm -hmm. unknowing and and like the unknown part is what creates this like the yeah. like the scariness are you going back to Auckland or somewhere else yeah. in New Zealand mm -hmm going back to Auckland yeah so we're going back and I think yeah we've got some new opportunities we've got some old opportunities that we're going back to as well and I think nice. that's that's the part that I'm really excited about is like the unknown and like pushing mm -hmm. ourselves a little bit but also like that's that's what we're trying to teach our learners about being comfortable being uncomfortable and trying to go into an unknown future right. and I think that's what is really again connected me to the learner's experience is the more I'm putting myself in those little spaces the more I'm saying okay that's what the learners feel whenever I'm asking them to stand up in front of people and they don't know what they're doing whenever I'm asking them to take that step there is that there is your juggle and a lot of feelings in that space and then go back to mm -hmm. empathy me moving around different places and actually walking in the shoes like in Japan how do people how do people live their life in Japan? What do they do? What are their experiences? Mm -hmm. And really trying to be open towards that. That's kind of what, yeah, I've learned the most from my journey of it being away is, yeah, how people see the world and how people, yeah, through their little perspectives. Yeah. 
have you always been someone who liked the challenge, who, who sort of liked or were thrilled and excited about jumping into something new? I think I, I think I have. I think it's really weird because in my first year of teaching, I changed. I did my whole my whole life kind of changed in that first year of teaching. I, I became mm. more more closed and more needing safety and more needing um needing to feel okay so I probably wasn't challenging myself as much as what I had been before and I think that's what's been interesting is since my first year teaching I've almost been trying to not go back to that person Mm -hmm. but I've been trying to like understand what what made me go in more insular whenever I was feeling nervous or scared or in my first year but I have always so me and my my, my family um we used to have like travel we had travel holidays so we used to go in the caravan in Ireland and travel all around Ireland I used to have freedom of like going away for the day and trying to go and make friends and I think that's where my my Mm -hmm. interest in people came from is like I could go away in the morning and then not come back until dinner time and bring my friends back and my mommy would have like the dinner ready and be open to people coming back with me and I think that's where I've kind of found my freedom and my challenge and kind of my curiosity of people is Mm -hmm. like from from that space so yeah yeah oh nice last year you started empathetic educators which I I sort of mentioned at the I don't know whether it's actually you started it but the twitter chat was started Mm -hmm. last year so I'd, I'd love to, because you alluded to the fact a little while ago that sort of you've been on this journey um, looking into empathy and looking into multicultural and intercultural. So can you share about all of that? And you also mentioned um, in the information you sent to me about the connection with your interests in neuroscience and design, mm. relationships, psychology. So I know that sort of sounds mm. like a really big area, but... Um, yeah, I'd love for you to just explore that a little bit. How did that all come together with the whole empathetic educators piece? Mm. And when did that idea start? So I think like going back to my first year of teaching, it was, it was a very pivotal moment in my whole life. Cause I think for me, I kind of being one of those learners who um, kind of was like achieving really high success, like, and, mm-hmm. and really doing well and working through school and getting all the grades and getting, ticking all those boxes in life. And I think yeah. when I came to my first year of teaching, I kind of had a really big decline because I was like, oh, what's the answer? What's the tick? What's the, what's the yes? Oh, what's the, interesting. and so that life skills of being prepared and being okay mm-hmm. with the failure and, and really embracing failure was something I wasn't okay with in my first year of teaching, oh. but it also taught me like the empathy piece of like neuroscience. So that's where I started getting interested in neuroscience in, yeah. in my first year of teaching. So it was about seven, eight years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I started getting interested in it. So I, like you say, I only started empathetic educators, the chat last year, but empathetic educators has been going on kind of for the, since my first year of teaching really like researching it and understanding it. Yeah. Cause I think for me, neuroscience, I was so curious so I started getting migraines in my first year like I, I was getting them probably every week oh, and I am um, and I was going to the doctor and, and they said you're just not breathing that's your problem like they didn't they didn't tell me kind of like what why or they didn't try and unpack mm-hmm. it they didn't try and understand they just said you have to breathe more and then I had to leave I was like that's not a solution <laughs> I mean I'm afraid of hyperventilating though that's not a good thing yeah no that's not a good solution <laughs> so um so yeah so that, that kind of like but it also showed me like the importance of what so that she was right like the person was right because I wasn't mm-hmm. breathing so I was I was in a constant state of like worry 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 on not like oh, not okay. after myself 
and so that was then leading to like obviously not oxygen then leading to like like my migraines mm-hmm. I was getting every every week I'd never experienced migraines before but I was getting them oh and that was like the stress part of it and so that's what made me more interested in neuroscience is because I was like what's going on with me like what's why my body wasn't like this before uh why am I acting like this what's going on for me and then the more like you say the more I learned about myself and my Mm -hmm. brain and my body then I could transfer that into the learners and say okay so Mm -hmm. this person's reacting this way there's something going on I think both of us have shared I've seen you share the visual as well like behavior is communication not belonging piece Mm is like like what the behavior that our learners are experiencing and they're exhibiting what's going on for them what are they trying to communicate to us Mm-hmm. through the behavior that they're experiencing they're not just sure. oh, reacting they're maybe they're getting misunderstood maybe they're not understanding what's going on maybe they're not feeling heard or maybe there's something going on at home that we have to try and understand in that space too yeah. and so yeah so that's why the neuroscience part is such a big I'm, I'm I haven't got any like degree or anything that's just mm-hmm. been just here reading all the books that I'm trying to do and talk to people and empathetic educators is yeah trying to share that I think like going back to what is empathetic educators so the podcast and the youtube channel i started asking people these questions of what is going on with my brain why am i acting like this what what is going on with me and the more i act i asked the people the more i was like this could be something this is useful this this can go beyond just uh, it's helping mm-hmm. me with my practice how right. can i help other people's practice and how can I maybe share this knowledge that I'm doing and understanding right. and put it into like a, a piece so I've been on a probably two years I've been started the podcast and it's just been yeah understanding it ever since same as you just kind of like getting the, getting it out there and then learning on learning along the way as well so yeah right it's been- yeah it's it's amazing how much we learn from mm. our guests uh I'm I'm always fascinated by the number of things that I pick up, you know, that, because I do read a lot, the same as you, mm. but there's, there's still so many. And for the personal touch that uh, everybody gives, like yourself, mm. to your own journey and your own discovery of um, not just belonging, but about yourself, which I, I think is mm. really, really important because I, I sort of came late to the game. Uh, in terms of finding myself and finding out about myself. So mm. it's nice when, when you're much younger because then you have more time to enjoy, uh, hopefully enjoy you know, the fact that you are more confident because you know mm. yourself better. So what are some of the things that you do in your classroom mm. that really encourage students to be able to share, because um, you know we've we've talked about this. Uh, I know I'm sure you brought it up also um, on your podcast or during the chat about the fact that there are certain skills that we just assume people have, mm-hmm. including children and you know and and students, but they don't have unless we point it out to them. So how do you help them now that you know? that you struggled because you had ticked all the boxes, but you still struggled when you got to that first job. I think you just actually made the connection that like, that's exactly what, um, so finding yourself and then you end up having confidence in yourself and you can actually enjoy yourself. Like you can actually enjoy Mm -hmm. being you. And that's exactly what I want to spread the word of is I'm so happy with being me now. Like I, 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 back in those first couple of years, I was just so like insecure and, and, and I was, I was behaving in a way that probably didn't seem insecure. I was probably acting like, oh, she's fine. She's okay. Mm -hmm. She's smiling. She's, she's all, she's all good. 
but actually in my own head I was my worst my worst enemy like I was just Mm. berating myself constantly just like you're no good you're not this you're not that you can't do this you look at that person doing this look at that person doing that and and the negative talk is still there but it's a lot I'm I'm able to silence it a lot quicker or I'm able to say oh what is that actually am I not good at that am I do I need to practice that more do I need to learn more in that space Mm. and instead of believing it I'm like understanding it more and, and that I'm, we're, I'm able to be kinder to my own head. And that's right. exactly what I want to transfer to the learner. So I've, so like you say, then they'll have more confidence then they'll be able to be happier being them. So I think for me, I, in my, this year, this last year, I've been in a, in a class that was hundred percent EAL. So some of them obviously mm-hmm. are bilingual. So they had, um, we had different learners that spoke Japanese, Korean, um, like all different learners. Not that, that, that for me, I was like, this is so cool to be able to have all those different learners in all those different spaces. Exciting. But a lot of those, their obstacles were, they were scared to speak because English wasn't their first language and we were mm, trying to all yes. in English. And um and so I was my biggest goal for that was confidence. Like um me myself and my and my TA, I said we need to make sure they're confident before they're gonna want to be able to be in be in the group right. with each other and share those ideas so we started doing just weekly presentations and it sounds so simple but I was mesmerized by how much growth we got just from so every day we would have when they came in um normally they'd come in and read a book or whatever but whenever I started to want to focus on this we had mm-hmm. every day they'd come and they'd have like a little speech so we were doing phonics with each other okay. um and then the font the speech were based kind of on the phonics or based around the topic that we were looking mm-hmm. at and then so at the very start the learners would come in and they would kind of just paper 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 head down behind the behind <laughs> the paper and they didn't want to talk and you couldn't really hear them and there was a couple of learners who maybe might be a little bit more confident so we mm-hmm. could kind of like work with that and see what what, what they were bringing um but the shift between I think I started this probably halfway through the year so from halfway through the year until the very last week um we were doing presentations every single week and the confidence I seen the learners grow from and the way they seen each other. So like, so the learners at the very start to, I, we had one learner who wouldn't, wouldn't speak. Like they, 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 even though they, 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 they had the paper in front of them, they yeah. got very, very nervous. And of, of course they were, mm-hmm. they weren't feeling safe and they wanted to, they wanted to create that space that they were, right. they were understanding it. But by the end of the, the year and our very last week, um, one of our learners who wasn't doing that, he stood up and he, and he, and he presented in front of the whole class and everyone wow. was just like, yes, like they were so proud. He was oh, proud, and wow. proud. And that was just like those moments as teachers, I know mo- those little aha moments, those little yes. spaces, but the, the, sometimes I think we can look at these like new ways and different ways and innovative mm-hmm. ways and like try and do all those things. But it's how can we make innovation transfer into like the traditional things of presentations and how we know that that's a really important thing so we use like the um seesaw to be able to record each day the learners were Mm -hmm. recording each day recording themselves and they would listen back and they'd be able to say oh that was good that wasn't good they could hear themselves and actually recognize what they were doing um um they would go and they would share it with someone else so they'd already practiced it they'd already listened back Mm -hmm. to themselves they'd already done the 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 pre-work before they had to go and share with someone else and so I think that's a really important part of confidence is having a little bit of tiny steps of success tiny Mm -hmm. little spaces where they can feel success and then come prepared to go to the next the next level Mm -hmm. so yeah that's kind of like 
yeah that's kind of why I've seen this year is that that, that confidence piece is really cool yeah that scaffolding or that mm. slow gradually like those tiny steps like you said um which sometimes appears really really slow especially when you've got all this content and everything mm -hmm. like that but actually once they have that confidence they'll pick mm -hmm. up that confident con content really quickly anyway mm -hmm. And so being able to sort of be patient and mm -hmm. slowly getting them to get to that point was really important for them because then they were ready for it. They didn't feel think, like you were pushing them. Mm, and I think going back to like the neuroscience side of it, what I was talking to someone called Nathan Wallace and it really, really it blew my mind that in our brains that if we are feeling scared or we are feeling um, like nervous or we are try mm -hmm. where we're trying to like just worry, 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 Right. then we can't actually access the prefrontal cortex like thinking part right. of our head because you're either in the survival brain it's almost heat mm -hmm. up balance of um two different things and mm -hmm. you're either in your your survival brain or you're in your thinking brain and right. so if their learners are feeling nervous or they're feeling worried or they're feeling like they can't do it then right. that's them not feeling safe and they're in that survival brain so if we're trying to say to them, write what you need to write, get this done, get this done, get this done, then then they're not going to produce the best they can if they're not in that space of feeling. No, they're going to start doing school because yeah. the teacher told mm. them to do this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yes, yeah. yeah, so I think that's that's a big part of it for me is like that, like that space where the more I, I can get them feeling heard and, and understood and, and feeling confident in themselves, I've seen big. Right big transformations in the classroom with their academics and the writing and the reading and the maths and all those different things too so yeah 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 you're right uh naomi it's so important to understand how the brain learns but also how mm. the emotions go with it mm. that it's that it's a whole package mm. i remember what uh within the last year or so starting to learn about the uh, polyvagal theory which is dr stephen porges and mm. It reminded me because you were talking about the fight or flight and all of that, mm. that, you know, we have this um, vagus nerve, which is the biggest nerve in the body and it connects to all the major organs. And mm. if you read about it, um, I have a bit about it in my book, but also if you look at Mandy Frelick's books, she has a chapter, um, I think in the fire within, I'm not sure if that's a chapter or not. Uh, and the person who contributed the chapter talks about uh, the, you know, the polyvagal theory. But anyway, mm. look it up because I know how interested you are in neuroscience mm. and that will put a lot more pieces together for you. Mm. And really all teachers should be learning, you know, mo mostly it's therapists who learn polyvagal theory, but really teachers should learn polyvagal theory and neuroscience. In fact, I, I remember when I was doing my doctorate, I thought, you know, mm. if I was only like 20, 25 years younger, I would have loved to, they started combining education and neuroscience. Mm. Um, I forget what they were calling it. I don't think it was neuroeducation. But anyway, that no, to me ed educational, it. Yeah, educational neuroscience. That, that, it's okay. scientists. So that's the person, Nathan Wallace, who I, he's from New Zealand, and that's what, it's exactly oh, what he does. Okay. He's gone yeah. from being a teacher to then learning about neuroscience. He's an educational neuroscience yeah. and that scientist. And that's, but that's exactly why I create Empathetic Educators is because we wear so many hats and like there's oh, things gosh, that like, yeah. psycho like psychologists know and neuroscientists know and education people know and and teachers know when we have all these amazing people doing all this work yeah. in all different spheres and that's what I'm trying to do in empathetic educators is like so it's all it's all about getting nerdy like that's what the tagline you know from like the <laughs> empathetic oh, educators okay. is 
getting nerdy. I love so like, it. Ne- so neuroscience, like a nerdy is neuroscience, empathy, relationships, design, and psychology. And those are the five kind of areas that I've been looking into because that's why I feel like for education, it helps with like, mm-hmm. so getting designers to talk about what they do, getting neuroscience to talk about what they do and what we awesome. can learn from that to bring into teaching. Because you're right, it's like as teachers, that's going to help us have so many more tools in our toolkit to then bring into the classroom to understand Absolutely. the kids then with that space too. So yeah. 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 And we, we need we need that, especially after this pandemic year and mm. who knows what's going to happen. But now, you know, you tweaked my interest. So you, you started um, and put together empathetic educators and the podcast and the Twitter chat and all these people who have these, it seems like different interests or different mm-hmm. specialties, but really, and now, uh, this coming week, actually, the episode will play after it, but I may play mm-hmm. portions of this because I, mm-hmm. I want to pique everybody's interest. Mm-hmm. Tell us about Empathetic Educators or EE Conquest. How did that mm-hmm. get going? Yeah, so so I'm so excited to have you on the show about your neuroscience. You need me to bring on the polyvagal theory. That's great because you're oh, your yeah, awesome. all about neuroscience. I will, um, I will, yeah. Yeah, I think for me, I, I had these couple of weeks in between moving to New Zealand and leaving Japan mm-hmm. and I was like how, what what do I want to what do, how can I make those three weeks matter and what do I want to have um going into that and I think for me I was like how cool would it be if we could try and bring people from all across the world and just talk just like like have different sessions have all these different themes yeah. of like neuroscience design all those different people come on and I think for me I'm really grateful because I, I throughout the years of empathetic educators and throughout the travel and experience I've met these amazing people and I don't think my brain would have recovered or would have got to where I'm at right now it's for my first year of teaching to now without the people around me and it goes back to belonging goes back to connection goes back sure. to all that is all these amazing people around the world I was mm-hmm. like maybe we could try and connect and, and then have a full 12 hour day of learning um so it's going to be going from 6 30 a.m to 6 30 p.m um japanese time um okay. on the 2nd of july so that that's kind of the first of july in um in in america yeah but it'll go across those time <laughs> yeah, zones and, and yeah so we have like like you say neuroscience we've got um topics like design thinking innovation with adam hill and fiona morrison we've got like all different things like um barbara bray one of our good connections absolutely um, stephanie yeah. rothstein and tracy Browder. they're coming on to talk about connections it's the exact exact topic about um belonging mm-hmm. and connections in that space and i think that's what i'm so excited about is i believe going back to that teaching part of it I really want empathetic educators to, to be part of the future of teacher development. That's what I really want to be part of is right. how can we help teachers? How can we, I've been in so many sessions or so many different places where I'm like, what is, what, what, how are you helping me as a teacher? I need to go in tomorrow and be with learners. Like, is that really what I need to be part of right now? And right. I think, I think there's, there's a, ch- we want teachers to be teaching in a different way, but I'm not too sure how much we're trying to set teachers up to be in that different way. And, I love um, that. Yes, you're exactly yeah. right, Naomi. So I think like because we've we've come from schools that aren't what we're what we're experiencing now. We've come from education system that mm-hmm. isn't what we. So we can't. The way that I I see it is, I wouldn't expect my my learners in my class for me to say to them, "Can you go write an essay about something about history where I haven't given them any of the facts, any of the tools, any of the sources? I haven't given them anything." But 
we do that to teachers so many times oh I want to do this you have to do this in your class you have to do this with your kids and we haven't given them the tools in their toolkit even though we're adults we still need to learn Mm -hmm. and so um and so yeah so I think like that's what I want empathetic educators to be in this EE conquest day to be is a day of learning where we can have fun where we can enjoy ourselves we can come together and have different perspectives or different thoughts or different ideas but how can we come together and learn together that's what I I, that's what I really really am excited about is yes it's okay if you disagree with me yes it's okay if I don't I don't see that way but how can we have those conversations to to then grow together and and see more to see more together too so yeah Right. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited because of, uh, of all of the sessions and will they be recorded? So that yeah. So, um, later? so, yeah. So people now, um, if you go to bit.ly slash EE conquest 2021, you can register and you can sign up. And I know this mm-hmm. is going on afterwards, but, um, but yeah, so like that's kind of where, um, you can sign up with, but that will also be where you can, you can sign up even afterwards and okay. find out more about the sessions. So all the sessions will be in there, um, in the, in the login part two for, yeah, that's where they'll be stored. So it'll all be on there even after the sessions. too. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Awesome. And what's the fun part? Cause that looks really interesting too. <laughs> so yeah, so it is called EE conquest. So I kind of, um, and in my with my learners we try and do like little missions and little challenges and little fun things to actually come together and so I've created a map where all the sessions are on so ticking off the different sessions so you have like a little booklet and um and that kind of has a breakdown of all the sessions and there has some missions in there too so you can create your own character um and so like you can bring that character to the to the to the table and you can let us know what what those traits that your character has and Mm -hmm. why those traits are um there's also like little um little other activities that you can fill in in the booklet um and then once the missions are all ticked off the week after we have some fun prizes we have some fun giveaways to be um taken part into so everyone loves a good little um a good little prize a good little uh, a good little fun element of it so yeah it's kind of like how can we go starting off the day, not going on the mission? And mm-hmm. by the time we complete the mission, the time we complete the adventure, what's yeah. changed? What have we learned together as a team and oh, across nice. the world? That's kind of yeah. what I'm hoping to, hoping to bring. That's awesome. You know, purpose is really, really important mm. to belonging also, and also mm. to our self-belonging. So I love the fact that it's not just come and, you know, come to the sessions. You're going to learn a lot it's there's such an intention behind everything that you do Naomi I think it's wonderful and and it speaks to the fact that you understand that teachers just like learners need Mm -hmm. to be supported with their learning if we Mm -hmm. expect them to be design thinkers and to be Mm -hmm. able to think outside the box and and just you know be empathetic right and understand themselves so that they can really be there for their learners um i I love it so true true. i think i think a big part of it um that i have i have mentioned actually which i need to do more of is um because it's a free event it's a completely free event that i because i wanted to put together something that people can access and not everyone can come to it um but there is a part of it that we're donating money to youthline in new zealand because it goes back to belonging again i was working as um a phone or volunteer and as a phone um counselor whenever I was back in New Zealand because youth lines all about trying to get the youth of today mentally healthy and if you're feeling stressed and worried Mm -hmm. then and it goes back to the reason why I liked being a, a youth um counselor in that space was 
I didn't know where to turn to in my first year of teaching. I didn't know who to turn to or where to go. And, and be able to, that phone call, just ringing up. And if it was anonymous or if you told the person who you were, mm-hmm. you were able to just be heard and try to make the person feel understood. And they're doing amazing work in New Zealand, right. um, trying to trying to promote that. So I think it goes back to belonging again. I thought I would, I didn't want the, the, it to be, co- there would be a cost for it. But if anyone mm-hmm. can donate, no matter what it is, um, that that'll be part of the, part of the registration part as well you can just find the link there if you wanted to donate some things afterwards it'll be open um because yeah i think that's how that's how we can try and help the world too is seeing helping people who are struggling absolutely Mm -hmm. becoming that good ancestor which is where we all should be headed (laughs) (laughs) so naomi this has been absolutely terrific i've i've again learned so much uh from another one of my guests Is there anything else that you wanted to uh, tell our listeners about or anything that I missed asking you that you wanted to talk about before we finish up? No, I think, I think I'm just really grateful, Eileen, to have for you to be asking me to come on. And I really have enjoyed our collaboration this past year, obviously. And like, especially with the year that it's been, that that belonging piece has been so important. And I think Mm -hmm. that's what I would say, not really for me, for me to tell anything, but just if anyone is out there struggling or not too sure where to go, or not sure where to turn to, or just reaching out and just like finding people and mm-hmm. finding like-minded people, but also just like seeing. So my journey on Twitter has been, I started to watch what people are doing. I started to kind of like, just- Oh, I like, was a lurker also at the yeah, beginning. Lurking, yes. lurking for a long time. And <laughs> even through lurking, you're seeing different perspectives. You're seeing people, oh, that sure. person's struggling through, that person's going through it. Like lurking is, is, is okay. Mm-hmm. And um, and then like taking a little action and like, I'm reaching out to people. And, and the more this year has been so much more than what it could have been for me because I have had people to reach out to and and take in that sometimes in my first year I was kind of like I can't talk to anyone can't talk to anyone not going to do anything not going to do anything and Mm -hmm. almost expecting people to come to me but how are they going to know what I'm going through unless I let them in um so yeah I think just if people are out there we're here and we're wanting to have a chat and we're here to be able to listen to so yeah Right. And so where can they find you if they're looking for you after, after listening to this podcast episode? Yeah. So like we said, we met on Twitter. So I am at Naomi underscore Toland on Twitter. Um, you can find out all about empathetic educators through the hashtag empathetic underscore educators um, mm-hmm. and the conquest, even though um, this might be going out afterwards, but you'll still be able to find out all the resources and all the, all the past recordings um, at hashtag EE um conquest as well so and i'm at naomi.m.t on instagram too and i'm on linkedin so yeah you can find me if you type me in <laughs> oh wonderful wonderful and of course i'll include all of that in the show notes naomi this was absolutely terrific thank you so much for being on my podcast today thank you eileen thank you audience and yeah thank you so much Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you're inspired by what you heard, be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information about belonging, check my website, Journeys to Belonging, that's Journeys number two belonging, dot webstarts.com. See you next week.